I was playing all over TikTok, so now I have it stuck in my head. Oh, of course, it's a TikTok song, though. <laughs> Did you see what she wore when she went to court? Her that outfit, the wig. <laughs> I'm like, geez, okay, I see you. I'm doing what she has to do yeah. to get her music out there. She had a court wig and everything. <laughs> that was so funny. Is it recording? Yes. Okay. We are recording. Do I sound loud to anybody? Mm-hmm. No, it's not loud. Okay. Well, let me pull your notes up, actually. No, that's my review guide. I have both of them up. I have hers and... So how are we doing out in these uh, corona streets? <laughs> um... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I only stay home, so exactly. <laughs> like, like for the people who are already homebodies, this is like, like okay. Oh, it's really nothing. Me yeah. and my mom and my bro- my mom was like, we are already self quarantined. We, yeah. we're not worried. Like social distancing already. There's this um TikTok sound that's like, I'm actually the president of the company, and now th- I saw a TikTok thing where it was like, please keep our home, and it's like homebodies. I am actually president of the company. <laughs> homebodies. <laughs> like you don't have to tell us twice. You know what though it's so annoying to like because i'm not panicking about it and i'm not bulk buying crap i really don't care i mean i, I care but like i like you said i already stay at home so it's like whatever but the fact that i went to walmart just to get tomato sauce for a recipe and they had none because y'all are acting like crackheads <laughs> <laughs> i saw what was it my friend went and she couldn't find any toilet paper so she got paper towels and i was like that is oh. that's bad for your toilet that's so you know she don't have a clock toilet she was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to just rub them together until they become soft. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. innovation. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as you can see, there's only three of us here today. Nia is unfortunately sick. We hope you feel better. But, uh, today we're, we're refilming, uh, this episode of a recap of Kingdom because I fucked up <laughs> the first time we did it. But it's late, but it's here. Uh, we'll also be doing our thoughts on Kingdom 2 since we all finished it on a different episode. So make sure, you know, you follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'd really, 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 really appreciate it. Well, let's see. Let's turn this up a little bit. All right. We all ready? Yep. yep. <laughs> all right. So we left off with season, end of season three. And now we are season four. Quick recap. We, uh, ground zero is fucked up. We've gone through our first night with the apocalypse and Dongne and the nobles have just left on a boat, leaving the peasants and the crown prince stranded in Dongne. So let's go we have uh <laughs> the way i <laughs> open this the way they open this episode is hilarious kid where's our boat uh youngshin tells the cp about the cowards who ran off and reminds them about the sun setting there's no other boat so they have to find some place to hide Young says that they should uh, head to the barracks but turns out the wall has already been turned uh, torn down to fix the boat uh Sophie suggests they head back to the hospital the crown prince agrees uh the able will walk and everybody else rides on carts everyone gets to step in and works together because that's what we have to do out here um we cut to the group getting close to the hospital when a girl falls over and spots some zombies hiding under the rocks quickly everyone realizes they are surrounded and decided to run for the hospital before the sun sets instead of running with the crowd in front the crown prince turns back to help the citizens push the carts 
The majority of all the groups make it to the hospital before the sun fully sets, but the carts are still far behind. One of the carts gets stuck in a ditch, again, instead of running. Our conference turns back to help. Boyoung tries to get him to leave, but he refuses. I am different, the people who abandoned them. I am different from the Haewon Cho clan. I will never abandon these people. Ah, okay, I feel like he needed a round of applause. Um, <laughs> with his inspirational words, the crown prince pushes the cart out of the ditch, uh, with the help of other people, not by himself. He's not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pushes the cart out of the ditch, um, make a dash with the hospital just as the zombies wake up. The zombies are very fast, as we can see in the scene. Uh, the first wagon gets to the hospital safely, and Sobi keeps the doors open, waiting for the second one. A few zombies try to block the path, but they get run over. Youngshin picks up a gun that's fallen uh, from a fallen soldier and starts sniping zombies' heads. The second wagon barely makes it safely um with only one death so far the survivors quickly block the door and pile shit up in front of the door uh crown prince gives orders to put the children and the elderly in the shelter and anyone who can fight can pick up a weapon we love a non-sexist king (laughs) (laughs) so now we cut to the boat uh where the nobles and the shitheads are eating peacefully and trying to figure out uh it'll take two days for them to arrive at sangju the second largest city in the country. The boat is filled with soldiers, so don't be worried. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't know they were zombie-proof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thumping uh, sounds can be heard on the deck. We cut to the source. It's the chest that the noble mother was standing in front of at the end of episode three. It's moving by itself. Suddenly we see noble mother standing in front of the box saying, my son, as she unlocks it. This is what y'all pussy ass bitches get. Uh, cut to the nobles on the deck looking down to the storage where the zombie pops out of nowhere and chaos ensues. Just, there were so <laughs> many <laughs> bad decisions to make. It's what they deserve. It's truly oh what they deserve. Though. She literally got the zombies off that um, little area, the piece of land, and mm-hmm. now now mm-hmm. they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, now they're on boats and on water too. There's like nowhere for you to escape to. Nah, we're, we're stuck. We're back at the hospital where the horde is trying to break in to get to the survivors. Everyone is waiting um, for the doors to break at any moment. We cut back to the boat whose sail has blood on it and the sun is rising. Uh, we have survived another night. The crown prince who is sitting alone, clutching his shaking hands, is interrupted by Mu Young who asks him to step outside for a moment. The survivors thank the survivors thank him for saying, saving them with a grand bow um, while everyone besides Youngshin. <laughs> The crown prince is awkward about it and commands um, Bu Young to get everyone's wounds treated uh, and give them food. Youngshin makes uh, the kids a soccer ball out of wicker and we are seemingly giving a normal moment among the chaos. The crown prince asks Mu Young is that all the food the citizens have to eat and Mu Young explains that even the scraps that they are eating is hard to find between the wars and the taxes. Uh, suddenly the wicker soccer ball hits the crown prince in his side and Mu Young um, uh, and the crown prince commands Muyong to call the kids over. The children, scared and crying, admit to their sin of hitting royalty and are ready to take their punishment. Uh, jerky. Uh, the crown prince gives each child a piece of jerky that they've never seen before. Uh, the crown prince hands them back their ball and the children run off to play. He then commands Muyong to give them a rest of the t- jerky to the survivors. <laughs> also, during this scene, if you watch Young Shin, he was ready to, like, snipe yeah, them. he was, like, <laughs> cleaning the gun. I was like, oh, he's ready to kill this man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like why he was waiting for him to hit one of the children or something so he could just go ahead and shoot him. All right. 
And so as the survivors all uh, in front of the jerky, Muyong asks the crown prince what is his next step. He tells him he will go to Lord Ang in Sangju. Uh, Lord Ang is a very powerful man that we have not truly met 100% yet, but we're getting there. Um, Youngshin, overhearing, offers to be their guide since Sangju is his hometown. Muyun asks him how he can believe him. Youngshin responds with that he's merely one of the people, but Muyun doesn't think so, especially with his shooting skills. Youngshin tries to give an excuse about learning in war, but Muyun is not having it, as it is hard to shoot a moving target in the head. He, uh, just when Muyun asks him who he is, there is a thump at the door. At first, everyone thinks it's the zombies, but it's just the authorities who have come to arrest the crown prince for treason. Muyoung says he will go out to handle it when we cut to Lord Joe. Uh, more like we cut to a dead body with a sword in it. <laughs> it turns out to be uh, Lord Joe's house. It seems he, uh, and it, he uh, the attendant who brought back his son's head was immediately killed. Um, uh, you definitely have never heard, don't kill the messenger. <laughs> Your majesty, and so then Lord Cho says, your majesty's son has killed my son. I will pay you back for this mercilessly. And then we're back at Dongne Hospital, where the guards who have come to arrest the crown prince start firing arrows into the hospital courtyard. Several citizens get shot as they run from arrows. Uh, the CP almost gets hit, but uh, as he stares at the horror happening around him. Thankfully, Muyang moves fast enough to save him. After seeing one of the dead children, the crown prince whispers, it's all because of me. Yongshin confirms this aggressively. He said, yes, it, it, it <laughs> is you. your fault. <laughs> it is, in fact, your fault. And tells the crown prince, if we are going to survive, you got to do something. So the crown prince, uh, bring this brings the crown prince back to reality and he starts making moves. The guards finally stop shooting arrows and break down the doors. They enter the foggy courtyard with swords drawn looking for the prince. When suddenly a soldier gets shot in the head out of nowhere. The lead soldier commands the gun squad to go inside, while the rest wait outside in the spooky fog. <laughs> they slowly proceed in, guns drawn, use it, and they use whistles to signal their troops. Young Shin gets another kill shot before the crown prince and Muyong start slicing fools next. <laughs> My notes. <laughs> uh, Muyong steals the whistle of one slain soldier and puts on his clothes. Then they begin distracting the troops waiting outside to take them out and lead the troops from inside into the forest. The gun squad is still on the hut for Young Shin in a sneak attack. His gun uh, gets knocked out of reach, and then Sobi jumps in to help him in taking down the two remaining soldiers. Uh, Young Shin and Sobi then move the survivors out of the hospital while everyone is distracted. Sobi takes the dead body of the little girl and lays her inside, away from the elements. We cut back to Muyong and the crown prince leading the troops further into the forest. Muyong uses the whistle to confuse the troops, leading them to a cliff. When the soldiers try to hurry back, their leader says there's no need because he already knows where they're heading. And then he proceeds to pull out of a pull out a note, like a scrap of paper that has ex like it's written down exactly where the crown prince is heading. And then when I saw that, I remember being like, who in their right mind sat there and actually wrote out? Why are you leaving a paper trail of any kind of where you're going? But that will be like, you know discuss later <laughs> why that happened I'm not gonna say anything now all right 
Um, we cut to the squad, so we the Crown Prince, Muyang and Young Shin heading to Sangju. Now we're back in Hanyang at the capital. The smoke signal that was lit, what feels like ages ago, has now made it to the governing body. The head scholar decides that he must see the king since the nation is falling into peril. He goes straight to the king's palace, and several ministers follow suit. Of course the guards don't let him in and even draw swords. Lord Cho shows up and leads them to go see the king. Uh, just as they reach the door... Oh, by the way, the sun is setting. <laughs> so just as they reach uh, the door, uh, the queen, just as they reach the door to the king's chamber, wow, okay, the queen shows up. <laughs> the queen refuses to let them in, even if it's an emergency. Lord Cho tells her to step aside, saying that they can't hide the king's illness any longer. Lord Cho tries to bulldoze his way past the queen, but she yells for the eunuch to escort him out. He continues to challenge her authority by talking to, s- to the servants personally, and the ministers enter the bedchamber. Fallout between daughter and father? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, Lord Cho tells the ministers, the king will soon be up. Just sit down and ask them to come closer. He then commands the shades around the king's bedchambers to be lifted. Lord Cho then asks the ministers if they know the reason behind the smoke signal. Of course they don't. Uh, Lord Cho says a disease has spread and makes people turn into monsters. Uh, Lord Cho also doesn't understand that. I, I put this in my notes that Lord Cho also doesn't understand the principle of the, the disease, like the sun versus the temperature, but we'll get into that later. Um, the ministers are then met with the zombie king. Lord Cho asks them if the king is alive. Isn't he still the king? Then he tells the other ministers about the scholars and their plot of treason, stating yet again that the zombie in front of them is still the king of Joseon. He commands for the chief scholar's arrest and that the crown prince to be disposed and killed by poison. On what authority? <laughs> right. Also, the king stops growling at them. This is, is still um, some part of him human. I don't know. We never get to that in this season. So we cut to the jails where the chief scholar is being interrogated. We cut back to the queen's quarters where she's questioning her father about his plans, saying that the plans should have been discussed with her before or before being put into action. Before I am your daughter, I am the mother of this nation. She then opens the box in front of her to see her brother's head. And Lord Cho says he's going to kill everyone without mercy and anyone who steps in his way. So don't step in his way. Uh, I didn't put you in that seat to block my path. Have a son. It has to be a son. Queen says she will have a son that will inherit the throne instead of her brother. End episode four. Ooh. We didn't get a lot of action in this one, but this was... It was like a very politically intense yeah, episode. Yeah, it was very politically intense. All right. Now we're into episode five. We open on a field somewhere. The squad has stopped to camp for the night. Muyong tries to comfort the crown prince over the lost lives of the survivors, saying it's not his fault. Uh, the crown prince says, I want it to be different from those who abandoned the ho- helpless. He doesn't want to be like the other girls. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you were different. That is how I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so we then said she'll go find herbs to tend in the woods by herself in the woods. It doesn't make <laughs> no sense. Like She it doesn't fear anything. No, I just... <laughs> If we go talk about reckless and brave, Sobe's yeah. reckless and brave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's bravery or if it's just being reckless, but she's one of them. All right, before sitting back, um, the Crown Prince and Mu Young are sitting by the fire where Crown Prince asks if Young Shin has returned. Mu Young draws the caution to Young Shin's unknown identity once again, but the Crown Prince says we need someone to lead the way, so chill. 
Uh, Muyong does not chill. Says that the only people in the country with rif- rifle skills like that is the Chaco, or an elite troop that hunt tigers. The troop is elite, uh, so elite that they only look at the skill and not social status, so it's supposedly full of dangerous people who will do anything to stay alive. Then the crown prince says, they are similar to him with their desire to live. I don't think that's the same thing, but okay. Um, Yongshin then shows up out of nowhere, reporting that there were no soldiers that have followed them, but rumors of Dongne have spread to other villages and lots of people have already fled. Um, back in the forest where Sobi is by herself, she hears something and turns around to see a zombie, question mark. Her screams uh, run, out the for- run through the forest and into the squad who uh, was on her way to save her. And she comes out screaming, saying she saw a monster. Note that the show never calls them zombies and only monsters. Um, Sobi runs to hide behind the crown prince. <laughs> the squad waits at the edge of the forest for the monster, only to find out that it was the very much alive, bis-ass magistrate who left them stranded in Dongne. After <laughs> this man, I don't know how he survived, but I guess <laughs> it's the plot, plot <laughs> armor. That's all that is. Because the amount of times that he should have died and he didn't, there's no logical way. Like he's sur- not. I'm not gonna say that. That's a spoiler. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's the magistrate who left them in Dongne. After recognizing who he is, the crown prince drop kicks the magistrate in the stomach and steps on his face. With no hesitation. He immediately, <laughs> as soon as he sees him, just walks up to him and just kicks him. My favorite part of the crown prince's character. Uh, Muyung says he isn't even worth killing and asks the magistrate what he is doing here. And he tells them that the disease spread onto the boat and gives the squad the rundown. Um, the crown prince asks where the boat uh, is and to their horror, it's on its way to Sangju the second largest city in the country. <laughs> uh, Muyong tries to calm the group down by saying that the messengers were already sent out to Songju will be prepared, will be prepared only for the magistrate to inform them that the only villages near Dongne were informed. If Songju falls, then the, disease, then the disease will hit the capital in no time. The crown prince is that decides that they will leave for Songju right away instead of waiting for daylight. Uh, we cut to the cargo ship ominously, 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 you said it right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Floats on the river. The head clerk, who was turned into a zombie, has a staring contest with a pig as the ship crashes into a sand dial. Then we cut back to the squad, who only need to get over one more mountain to reach Sanju. Now, we are finally in Sanju. Uh, cut to a normal day in Sanju. A shaman is doing a ritual uh, for commoners. A shaman ritual is being held where commoners gossip about the rumors of headless ghost at night. Then we cut to the burial ground where we see it that we saw a few episodes ago. An attendant in mourning clothes informs Lord An the messengers from Dongne have yet to arrive, so the local government does not know what the smoke signal is about. However, there is a strange rumor about people being undead monsters. This grab Lord this grabs Lord An's attention, and he tells the attendant to get ready. He will be leaving the mountain. Then we cut to a group of scammers selling people talismans that will ward off bad luck. Capitalism. <laughs> when Lord An is spotted, the citizens make way for his party. He is met by another attendant that tells him uh, he found something peculiar during his inspection that Lord An should see. We cut to the group arriving at the breach shipped, who suspect the ship has something to do with the smoke signal. And then we cut to the squad arriving at a village deep in the woods where the smell of grilled meat fills the air. Then we cut back to the cargo ship where Lord Anne and his men are inspecting the empty boat that is only filled with bloodstains. 
we cut back to the squad walking into the village to find people basically having a party while roasting a pig in the middle of a famine uh crown prince asks them where they got the food they say they just got paid but after seeing a villager with silk the magistrate confirms that the villagers have stolen everything off the cargo ship crown prince asks if there was anyone alive on the boat um the villagers answer no and commands the villagers answer no and the crown prince commands for them to take the squad to where the buried remains are the crown prince says the villagers will be punished less if they lead the way to the bodies we cut back to lord anna his men finding traces of a wagon um at the shipwreck then we cut back to a weed field where the villagers are leading the squad to a place where the buried bodies are but the atmosphere is sus then all of a sudden the villagers stop in the middle of the reeds and say they can't let their children die for their crimes so if the squad dies no one will know about their crimes crown prince tries to talk senses talk sense into them but that doesn't work and guess what the sun sets uh growls start and chaos ensues as usual oh shit here we go again <laughs> like literally <laughs> if you want to live raise your weapons and behead them all uh, the zombies rise and the fight for survival begins but shit is not looking good for the squad they are surrounded and there are just too many monsters just when shit looks like it's only going to get worse lord and his crew show up and save the day as they have as if they haven't counted the dead before yeah the way they were like killing the zombies they already knew to cut their heads off and burn them why do you already know that like right. that's really suspicious but okay we bring to you how to kill a zombie sanju squad edition step one shoot their asses with flaming arrows step two use size to cut limbs and heads off bodies step three use extra long size with a fellow comrade to be head zombies uh, and then all of a sudden, during this fight, the crown prince spots Lord Anju, leading us into a flashback. Flashback. Uh, Lord An walks to the back of a palace and calls for the crown prince, who says he doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to die. Lord An, fed up, goes and comforts the small, crying crown prince, telling him there is this is where he shouldn't be. He leads him to the main palace, and at the sight of Lord Cho, the crown prince tries to run, but Lord An stops him. Lord An tells the crown prince his father has received a stack of appeals to depose him, and that there is no one in the palace to protect him, so he has to protect himself. But he isn't just fighting to keep his life, but fighting against injustice. And the only way to fight injustice is to beat evil and stay alive. That's a lot of strong words for eight year old. <laughs> like, did he even like, comprehend half of the shit that was being said to him? <laughs> All right, we're back in the present. Lord An gets on his knees and greets the crown prince uh, and commands his attendants to do the same. We cut to Lord An's house where the crown prince is showing Lord An Dr. Lee's journal and explaining how the king is dead and how Lord Cho is in power. He then asks Lord An for help since he wants to uh, head to the capital and build the country anew. Instead of giving him an answer, Lord An asks the crown prince, when was the last time he ate? And says he shouldn't be in such a grungy state and basically sends him off to bed. Uh, we cut to the courtyard where Mu Young is waiting for the crown prince. And Sobi points out that it is weird that Lord Anne and his servants weren't surprised by the zombies and knew exactly how to fight them. Sobi is the only smart one in this entire drama. Honestly, because she <laughs> asked the right questions. Nobody else questions anything. But she's the one who's sitting there like, something about this is a little off. I mean, it, I don't know if it's just me, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is kind of you know, weird. Um... Uh, Lord An uh, steps out and commands for the crown prince and his friends to be given food and a place to sleep. On the way to their quarters, Young asks the crown prince what Lord An said and responds with, he hasn't given me a definite answer yet. Young asks if they if he can be trusted. 
um, if Lord Anne could be trusted. In the past, Lord Anne never intervened with Lord Cho because he was in mourning. Moyang suspects that Lord Cho and Lord Anne could be cohorts. Crown Prince doesn't listen and sends Muyong off to bed as well. Then we cut to Lord An staring at Dr. Lee's journal before we cut back to the capital. Uh, we cut to a prison scene where a prisoner is given meat and one isn't. The prisoner ate the meat. The prisoner who eats the meat turns into a zombie and attacks the other one. We pan over to Lord, Lord Cho in the shadows who is watching this experiment happen before his eyes. Now that the transmission of disease has been confirmed, Lord Cho commands... Uh, says the sickness must be stopped before it reaches the north. Sangju, we're back in Sangju. As soon as daylight breaks, Yongshin jumps the fence of Lord An's house and heads somewhere. We cut to a wetland where a monument of the Battle of Unpo stands. Yongshin spits on it as he walks by. The sign reads, the com- uh, commemorate To commemorate the great victory of Governor An Hyun of Kyungsang, who defeated 30,000 Japanese soldiers with 500 soldiers. Okay, Youngshin walks in what looks like to be an abandoned village named Sumang. Uh, we flash back uh, to Youngshin, who says bye, and he's hugging his younger brother, who's begging him not to leave. And then we're back in the present. Youngshin continues walk continues walking until he arrives at a large burial ground where several graves. There is an incense smoking on the altar, telling him someone was there before him not too long ago. We cut to the north gate of Sangju, where a messenger arrives. The magistrate of Sangju is overlooking the retrieval of the magistrate of of Dongne. Bumsu, I think that's his name. Bumsu. Talking about the one who should have died. Yeah. I think it's Bom Pao. Bom Pao. I, I feel like it is because I remember. We're just going to call him Boma. Yeah. Just, Bom. Yeah. That, that guy. That, that <laughs> dude who should have died. Uh, it's overlooking the retrieval of the cargo ship stolen good. Uh, he confirms that he was looking for something. I think it's a binyo, which is like the the. It's a, a hairpin that you would give to your fiance when they get married so they can put it in their hair because during Joseon Dynasty, if your hair was down, you were unmarried. And if your hair was up, you were married. And so that's what I think it is. And then uh, we enter the magistrate of Sangju who asks Lord Cho's attendant if it's true that the crown prince is in the city. A guard interrupts um, before Lord Anne can answer with the news that the five armies have left the capital and are headed for the mountain path that leads to Sangju. Now this mountain path is very important because it's the old road between Seoul and Busan and Sangju is right in the middle of Seoul and Busan. If you look at uh, a map it's the only road that you could take into like trade and stuff like that so the fact that they're coming down that way is a very big deal. And so um, we cut to the soldiers marching and then we cut to Sobi on her way back from collecting herbs when the magistrate shows up and tells Sobi if he stays by the crown if she stays by the crown prince side she'll die so they should run away together uh magistrate uh Bohm tells Sobi that the five armies are coming to arrest the crown prince the magistrate says he is of the Heiwanjou clan so they'll be okay Sobi pumps the brakes on this real quick and asks him if if he is running away again <laughs> <laughs> She laminates about how the crown prince saved the people the magistrate already abandoned and he has the nerve to run away again. Is it really that hard for you to show bravery once in your life? Sobe does not like pussy ass bitches, obviously. (laughs) She called him out. (laughs) Sobe then tells the magistrate to go uh, if he wants, but she'll stay with the crown prince. Thank you very much. The magistrate runs after Sobe and we cut to a chicken being ripped apart. The cameras pan out, and we find a table of pregnant women eating. 
Most of them seem to be from poor households that don't have meat. There is one lady who is eating slower than the rest with a pair of chopsticks. More food is brought out, and the youngest girl in the room thanks the chef for taking care of the of us peasants. The chef, um, parentheses, a palace maid maybe, tells them to eat up and uh, give birth to sons. One woman asks the other who could possibly be taking care of them. No one knows because no one is telling them. But they do find it odd that someone has gathered pregnant women, widowed pregnant women, together out of nowhere. Someone asks the noble-looking lady why she is here. And she says it's because her husband told her to come here. They ask if her husband knows uh, the master here. And she responds, my husband is a guard who escorts the crown prince. He went on business far away, so because he was worried, he sent me here. Everyone swoons in jealousy. Uh, and then we cut to a scene of an empty throne and a dramatic sequence of the king getting prepared for court. Um, then we cut to the soldiers marching, and then we're back at the assembly hall where Lord Cho reads the queen's royal edict. The king is sick. The crown prince committed treason. A disease is spreading in the country. How is this not a tragedy? I can't ignore your pleas over the empty throne anymore, so I'm going to take over as queen regent. Uh, first orders are to eradicate the scary disease in Gyeongsan. The five armies will be sent to help. We cut back to Sangju. The magistrate and his people of Sangju are waiting to welcome the five armies. As soon as they arrive, they surround the walls and take over all the guard posts back at court. Lord Cho continues. From this moment on, all eastern and western Gyeongsang will be sealed off. Uh, back at Sangju, one guard gives orders to seal the gate. Another questions his choice and immediately is sliced through the back with a sword. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Um, the group waiting for the five armies on the other side are taken back. Um, one clerk runs towards the gate and is shot in the chest with an arrow from the lead guard. All of the gates and all the roads to Sangju are now closed. The order of the queen ends with a threat that if anyone tries to go in and out of Gyeongsang will be killed. End episode five. Whew. Oh, God. We're almost there. Not like we're going to get all the answers because it's only season one, but we're almost there. Oh, my God. Okay. Episode six, Palace. The queen walks up to her father as he stands in front of a pond. The queen says to her father, on par his orders, all the gates have been closed. But does she really plan on giving? Does he really plan on giving up the entire region of Gyeongsang? Is she talking about people's lives? No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of course not. Why? Why would you think she was caring about her citizens? Oh my God, this is, this is not what she does. And so, um, she's talking about all the grain and the the people give the government as tax. Do you regard power only as the means of coveting money? Her father asks. He says that that's not power power is when no one can ask me how many bodies are in this pond that's power boo boo (laughs) queen says she'll use the power to protect her father pop says i'm the only one who placed the power in your hands i'm the one who could take it out lord cho leaves her with the order not to open the gates without his permission just as he is leaving the queen asks him what's what's he going to do about the very much alive crown prince Lord Cho says he will kill him with his own hands and walks off. When he said that, I was so confused because you literally just sealed him away, like hundreds of miles away. You sealed him off with gates. So are you going to go through the zombie apocalypse and go find him and kill him? Because I know that's not what you're going to do. You're too lazy (laughs) to do that. He's too noble to do that. Yeah, like I can't. He's like the I can't dirty my hands with foul blood type shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're back in Sangju. The magistrate heads to Lord An 
the magistrate of Sangju heads to Lord Anne's and demands him to hand over the crown prince because the border closing and only way to open them up is if they give them the crown prince um, before Lord Anne can answer his head servant appears and says they have arrived Lord Anne takes the Sangju ma- magistrate to see the crown prince we cut to the crown prince polishing his sword where Muyong is telling him he can't trust anyone so they need to leave Someone from outside his quarters commands for the crown prince to come outside. It's the head palace guard who thanks Lord Anne for taking care of their prisoner. The guard moves to arrest the traitor when Lord at Lord Anne at Lord Lord on Lord on on and okay when Lord asks who the real traitor is when he is guarding. Uh, when he is a guard who became Lord Cho's lapdog, who is supposed to be protecting the crown prince and should be executed for breaking the nation's moral values. Side note, the bis what the fuck face <laughs> from the palace guard is great. It's just perfect. And so Lord An uh, commands for him to be executed and a slew of archers appear on the rooftops and kill off the palace guards with ease. We flash back to the first night that the crown prince and the Lord An were talking. The crown prince says there's no time to rest. Lord An says he has to rest. How is he going to fight the chief palace guard? Crown Prince asks, what is that supposed to mean? Lord An says that the chief palace guard uh, himself sent a pigeon telling Lord An that the crown prince was on his way to Sangju and Lord An should lock him up until they arrive. Crown Prince says there is no way the chief palace guard could have known he was headed to Sangju. Lord An then tells him that one of the crown prince's people is Lord Cho's mole, so he can't let anyone know mm. what mm. they've talked about I tonight. wonder who it is. Well, I'm mm. not going to say, but I wonder who. Ooh. Who would do something like that? Oh my god. Think about it really hard and you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, back in the present. The chief palace card spews some dying words about none of them surviving, even their families. The crown prince takes Muyong's sword out of his hand and finishes the chief palace guard off himself. Um, the Sangju magistrate asks him what he's doing. Does he think Lord Cho will let him get away with this? He will accuse um he will accuse them of treason and turn Sangju into a bloodbath. Um, the Crown Prince says that Lord Cho has already abandoned Sangju, but already has abandoned Sangju and all the east and west regions. The Crown Prince asks, Do you really think all the soldiers here are to capture little old me? A servant appears saying they have a big problem. When do y'all not have a big problem? We've gone like four days with big problems. <laughs> like, all right. So survivors from the affected areas have made it to Sangju, which means they could experience a zombie attack as soon as tonight. Crown Prince says that they must open the gates and let the people in. The magistrate says that they don't have enough food and land, which will cause looting. Uh, the Crown Prince asks, so we just want to watch everyone die? Lord Anne informs the magistrate that if they, that if they don't let the people of Sangju, if they don't let the, them in, the people of Sangju will be even in more danger. So open the gates. The magistrate says, we can't open the gates. At least the people inside must survive. The crown prince says, I bet that's what Lord Cho said the same thing. The magistrate says, oh, well, sacrifice for the greater good. The crown prince continues angry, asking him, who are you to, d- to decide who to sacrifice? If they leave the people out there, they will die and get the disease, and the people inside of the walls will starve from, from will die from starvation. <laughs> Man, you really fucked up. You're already fucked up now, but <laughs> and then um, the magistrate of Songju is like, I'm the magistrate of Songju, and the crown prince is like, Nah, bitch, you fired. Uh, crown prince says, I can't let everyone die because of an incompetent and fishy, 
incompetent official. The Sangju magistrate says, with what authority? The crown prince pulls out his sword, puts it to the magistrate's neck. I am the crown prince, and I strip you of your title. Lord Anne backs him up, and the magistrate leaves. Lord Anne asks the other officials what they are going to do. They say even if they open the gates, there isn't enough room in the fortress to house everyone. The crown prince says that's right. If we want to protect everyone, we need to protect the entire city, not just the fortress. Because the zombies only come alive at night and they fear water and fire. The crown prince believes they can't be stopped. So it's, this de- so it's decided to set up base camp in the south of Sangju, which is surrounded by water. Uh, if they can block them at the stream and the wetland, they can survive. The gates are open and everyone gets to work. Uh, chopping down all the bamboo, making spears, arrows, bows, sides. They give weapons to everyone, even the noblemen. Uh, they take the doors off of houses. They use material to collect oil. Great little montage. Then we're back at the palace. A maid tells the queen she thinks the baby will be born today. The queen asks, is it a boy? The maid can't be for sure, and the queen says, only alarm her if it's a boy. Uh, cut to a house uh, somewhere. The young mother from before is giving birth. The other mother celebrates as soon as the baby cries, but then soon after the cries stop. The mother goes to take a look, and the palace maid says everything's okay, so they should go back to their rooms. Pan to the birthing room, where another maid is cleaning up a shit ton of blood, like a lot of blood. And when asked, it turns out the child was a baby girl. Hopefully everyone has put two and two together, that the queen is definitely not pregnant, and these women are being used uh, to give birth to her fake son. So, here we go. And Mu Young's wife is one of them, which is super sad. And so, we cut back to a palace. A maid who was cleaning uh, spills water in the queen's bedchambers, and, and then her and another maid begin to gossip. A maid says she has seen the head court lady burn one of the queen's silk robes just because there was a little blood on it. The two uh, make to leave the room. When they open the door, the queen is standing right there. They bow, flustered, and then we cut to a bath scene where the maid from earlier is called to serve the queen. She helps the queen take off her clothes and suddenly where she screams because the queen is wearing a pillow around her waist where her pregnant belly is supposed to be. The queen asks, what do you think? Doesn't my baby look healthy? The maid immediately falls to her knees and asks for mercy because she's not about to live. Not after that. <laughs> yeah, her stomach was like completely flat and toned like she'd been working out or something <laughs> like that. So, Which also is very interesting to me because people who are royal just ate a bunch of food and sat around all day yeah that is true that <laughs> is true. Just used to show like she's really not pregnant pregnant for real not pregnant for real for real all right so we're back in sangju the magistrate brings sophie back a bag of weeds instead of herbs that she was looking for sophie goes off to gather them herself and the magistrate follows her he asks her what is she looking for and it turns out to be medicine for the crown prince the magistrate warns Sobi not to go down a specific path because it's dangerous. Sobi asks why, and the magistrate tells her it's because it leads to the haunted frozen valley. And of course, she continues with the path, the magistrate in tow. They arrive at the valley where the shaman has boarded off the lake with a protection line. Sobi doesn't hesitate for a moment, crosses the line, takes off her shoes and enters the water to get to the other side. The magistrate hesitates and follows behind her. Sobi enters the cave and finds the resurrection plant. The magistrate points to a pile of junk on the side that has handcuffs and blood. We zoom out to the shore where someone or something runs by and the shaman barrier falls. A thud outside makes Sobi and the magistrate jump. We cut to Yongshin teaching the others how to shoot. 
um, the guns with the Lord and watching his servants tell him he used to be a tiger hunter and the child from the Sumang village. Crown Prince shows up and asks the Lord Anne if he knows Young Shin, but he says no. He's obviously lying. <laughs> like, obviously <laughs> lying. Uh, Mu Young warns everybody that the sun is setting and that everybody should do the last minute check. Everyone gets into place as the sun ominously sets. Those who went out for recognizance have yet to return. Everyone anxiously waits for the horde to arrive. We cut to Lord Cho arriving at the first gate of Seje, which is the path that leads to Sangju. He asks the general what's going on. He says Sangju is still safe from the epidemic. A thud is heard in a box chained to a cart that Lord Cho brought with him. Then we cut back to the front lines, where Muyung tells the crown prince that the sun will rise in a little while. Suddenly a horse arrives, without its rider, back to Sangju. Lord An recognizes it as the horse belonging to one of the servants who went out to survey the area. They let the horse in, who is, has a detached limb on its rein. Crown Prince realizes the blood has not dried, so the horde can't be far off. Lord An sets the signal to warn the rest of the troops to be prepared. Tension builds as everyone waits. Muyong begs the sun to rise, and surely enough, the sun, the sun slowly rises, and the troops celebrate as they have survived the night. Lord An tells the Crown Prince they must prepare for tonight, so he'll tell everyone to rest. Just as everyone begins to turn in, we cut to Lord Cho who whispers, Do you think it's over? The Crown Prince turns back into the fortress when the birds begin to squall, like a large murder of crows. <laughs> and then we cut back to Sobi and the magistrate to find them surrounded by zombies in the motherfucking daytime. Sobi, it wasn't the sun. It was the temperature. We cut back to the front line where the ground begins to rumble and the crown prince sets the signal ablaze again. The trees begin to rumble and the horde appears. We get one last look at all of our main characters horrified. End episode six. That was a beautiful ending. The first time I watched it. Yeah, I remember being so shocked. Like, what do you mean it's not a day and night cycle? You mean you're telling me that when it becomes winter, there's no break? Do you have no rest? Not no, no rest <laughs> at all. Oh my god. Oh, can you pull up the information of that flower? Last time we did that, we found out that oh. the flower Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a second. The flower we've well, seen this flower and how what time are we at now with the episode? Like, the episode is right at we're pushing on forty one minutes. Do you wanna go ahead and talk about the next season? I mean we can just be like, oh, yeah, we we love this. We can't pretend like we haven't already yeah. seen season yeah, two. We, <laughs> we all, we've already watched season we'll just two say, like, within one day. If you haven't seen it, then like please watch it. Oh my god. Like we're, it might be a little spoilers from here on. Yeah, out. like yeah. okay, this starting now, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't watched season two, how about you just like click out? There's like an X button or, in the corner. Or, or do y'all wanna wait for the general episode to talk about it? That's gonna come out way later though oh, okay. than this one. So it might yeah. be good to catch that hype now no, like okay. <laughs> <sighs> season two <laughs> wait let's find the flower first before we go on to that yeah. but what was it called was it was like it was like night something night, night howler night, night howler, howler. Yeah. but like if you looked if you've watched zootopia it was in there if you've watched um if you're a monster x fan then one music video they used all it, in? Was it all uh, in? I yeah i think so. it was and all in i sent you guys a message about the one other place i had seen it at i can't remember um you can search on cacao yeah. yeah it's a very popular flower and we found this out when we recorded this the first time yeah so basically what the flower does like if you consume it or you're exposed to the pollen of the flower 
like it decreases the brain activity except for the cerebellum and it causes the affected person to lash out at anything that moves basically causing them to become very savage and beast like all their higher reasoning functionings like their ability to process thought like actual thought is gone oh it was in um whaling the crane the whaling it was hanging up above like um Whenever the dead bodies, it would be right there, like oh, above the bodies. Oh, for real? Yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah, it caused mammals to become very aggressive and w- act wildly in uncontrollable, violent state. Yeah, that's why I thought when, um, if you remember the scene where the ministers have to come to greet the king and the king stops yelling at them as they leave, I thought that maybe he still had some kind of function. Yeah, he happening. could still think a little bit. Yeah, so this flower has definitely been used before. This is kind of crazy because, like, Season two. Let's just go ahead. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Don't if you have not watched season Click two. Click the X. <laughs> we wipe out you, the app. Right. Get out. Thank you for listening. Uh, please share with us. But Jesus Christ. Season two. Where do we even begin? I don't um, know where to begin. The first episode. Uh, I had. I tweeted about this. I was like, the first episode. I was sad. The second episode. I was sad and furious. <laughs> I was furious. The third episode. I was sad and furious and flabbergasted. And then by fourth, fifth, and sixth, I was just on pins and needles just I, um, this season felt way more intense than the it last does. one it's, it does it's just way I more intense. say that i feel like this season the i mean from the beginning the enemy was never really the zombies yeah it was a him on Cho clan but you really noticed that in this after, season yeah because yeah. she literally <laughs> she literally set those well she didn't right. her okay so like so the first episode we're just it's devastating right we're running from the horde the shit's happening the sense of hopelessness that you get like in the first 10 minutes it's like we're just dumbfounded we're just like what the fuck how do we survive this yeah, if there's no the day season and night literally cycle? starts off picking back up where season one ended where they realized that in the daytime the zombies are still coming to get them they didn't get no break they didn't sleep the night before and mind you they got water <laughs> to put out all the little fire rings they set up and so they can't light it back <laughs> up so now they're just trapped and about to die and all the zombies are coming and like literally they're really about to die like at that point if i was there i would have jumped in the water and been like well you know god got me god when, got me <laughs> would they show the horde coming like the crown prince watching the horde coming up i was like i would have killed myself then his face <laughs> like you could just see it on his face he's just like do what should i live like do i continue what do we go from here <laughs> i've told y'all many times like i would not live in this situation yeah, like what do you do like if you were truly in like let's say you woke up in the body of a farmer in kingdom what do, what would you do what can you do you can't you, you can't, can't. You, can't. you just can't i would die <laughs> and then so we go through that right and so we then we survive some fucking how we survive we lose people along the way right and so then we get to episode two and we fit oh my god we're trying to get food when the food shed burnt down i knew that was gonna happen <laughs> so like in episode two i forgot you know i haven't i didn't watch the season again but we really can't we we what i tell you we just got done finished it we finished like, it last night so yeah. we're yeah, this review is basically. this review is not gonna be clear. it's not a recap it's literally just right. a review. we'll do a recap eventually of season two but like this is just like us watching it and being like what the fuck yeah so like in the episode they kept like hyper focusing on the either that was rice or wheat it was some kind of food and they kept zooming into it and i'm like something's gonna happen that's gonna make me mad and then (laughs) 
give it five minutes and somehow the whole food storage warehouse is on fire it's like the sims when like <laughs> your character you leave them alone for five seconds and they're cooking and then suddenly you pan the camera back and the entire house is on fire like when i tell you that this is not just a small like the whole it's, shit's burnt up oh, it's bad it's like a really bad fire like and so now we have bad. to figure out so mind you we're in a citadel which means we're surrounded by zombies and the only way to get out is through this fucking sewer system and so i'm sitting here like so now we have to have people distracting the zombies while the other crew runs out in the middle of the fucking night to get to where food is and then they get back and then we had like the cannons and then the whole when i tell you the anxiety i had watching them bring the food back to the citadel <laughs> yeah i kept thinking something's gonna go wrong like this is going way too smoothly i, like, I didn't know what the plan was but when i saw <laughs> it i was like who, who thought of this blow up cannons shoot <laughs> cannons at me while i'm running with a cart <laughs> when he when they first did it and you saw um one of the guys pushing the carts turn around and like shoot the zombies i thought they were running on mines that's what oh I yeah thought. like landmines blowing up <laughs> yeah. i was like that's a random piece of information and then it cuts and I'm <laughs> the i was like i was like i don't know which one's worse because if it had been mines how did they not get blown up would have been yeah, my, that's my first been blown stop, off but yeah. it was just it's wild so then so what happens after that then we have this whole plan for the crown prince and a small elite force to go get lord joe so you remember that box that we just talked about that Lord Joe brought with him to Sanju? Guess who was in that goddamn box? The fucking king. And so he, Lord Joe basically lures the crown prince and his friends into his camp. Let's the king loose. The crown prince goes in there and he has to be at his father. Meanwhile, he's having flashbacks of when he was a child speaking to oh his father and all God. the moments they had together and <laughs> stuff like that. And his father, you know, that same line, you have to survive no matter what. So it's just heartbreaking to see that. It's, it's honestly, it's <laughs> so fucking sad. The, his father and the Lord show, Chona. Chona. He literally, he was so creepy. Like literally he sat there with the straightest face, look at the dead body and then Chona and starts crying. Oh, oh yeah, we forgot before that Lord on gets shot to death like oh, a boys my in the God. hood type situation. I was oh, so confused. my God. <laughs> they were oh, just like. Oh my God. When I tell you, when I tell you that I was on the verge of tears, I was like, my whole i was upset did you not like lord on did you not hear them planning they literally dead ass said shoot him shoot him like did you not hear that do you not run away i don't think think he gave a fuck he was just like i'm gonna die here i'm gonna die here but he he had yeah he already knew that was gonna happen but he's like i have to get to the crown prince because if he doesn't if he didn't tell the crown prince it's not your fault i feel like chan would have had a a whole fucking breakdown yeah he would have he's like i just beheaded my goddamn father and so then we're suddenly all of a sudden this episode i don't know this is this is episode three where we're we all of a sudden forget that we're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse because we're dealing with all this political shit right yeah so the crown prince is locked up Sobi and Sobi's out here with the magistrate because he's part of the he's the only living male heir of the yeah because lord joe's son remember he got killed by the crown prince i just that is hilarious to me and so then we're just like wow we really forgot that zombies were thinking that all of a sudden all of a fucking sudden you start healing zombies i'm like oh shit oh shit what happened and you see this flag right this tattered flag coming around of nowhere people screaming and dying then all of a fucking sudden lord Anne, as a fucking zombie comes out of nowhere when i tell y'all i had to pause the screen i sat there i paused the screen and sat there for five minutes like when i saw she the brought flag, it back to life bro, she I brought it like, back to life 
there's there, when I saw the flag, I was like, is there like a new type of zombie, like oh. a new elite, like ultra strong <laughs> zombie? And then when I saw his face, I was like, yo, <laughs> what they did? What? What? Did he just come out to life out of nowhere? Is he like a demon now or something? B- like, BTW. Uh, Sobe has the resurrection follow with her. Yeah, the whole time. She so has she it. has the resurrection because her and she like her and um Magistrate Bone they l- somehow climb the fucking frozen waterfall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and get out of there. And when I saw him, I was like, "Holy shit!" And then he does one of my favorite things that happened this entire season. He, and first of all, everybody is fucking dumbfounded because no one in this camp knows that there's monsters. They just know that there's a plague, there's a disease happening. Yeah. And so watching, first of all, his makeup is just so great. He looks so badass, and he like comes uh past all the soldiers, just bum rushes, bum rushes everybody, and he bites Lord Cho's face and rips off his ear. And I was. Oh my god, it was great. I was so disgusted. I was, was just like, I loved disgusting. it. I like, loved okay, it. They, they showed you, they showed you him like rip the skin, the skin and I everything like, off. I will say this season too was a lot more gory. It than was last definitely season, more bloody because there was like, this is like jumping ahead, but in the last episode, there was a scene of one of the poo people in the palace when getting their tongue. Up. Cut out, torn out by a zombie. I was like, "Is that necessary?" The whole, the whole throwing up of blood. Yeah, in his mouth, they were throwing blood in his mouth. I was like, "That was a little." It was, a, it was a bit much. I mentally, like in my head, when um he threw the spear basically into that zombie's butt. Oh yeah, and, and then, then kicked stepped it. it. I, I said, was like, "Whoa!" Oh yeah, y'all <laughs> should, we were, we were getting a little uh, like, GTA. Yeah, that that was like that's not even what what video game. That's like. That's some Castlevania type violence. Like it, I don't know, bro. It was a lot. It was a whole lot. All right. So then after this, so and then of course the the conference has to be had Lord Anne because we can't just have a zombie running around. Yeah. And so Lord Cho is sitting on the ground bleeding. And first of all, Bum Su just Bum Lord the Magister, whatever his name whatever Bum something Bum something sitting there crying he was wailing because his <laughs> uncle was dying and i was like this man is evil as fuck and i kept thinking about it i was like did you have that good of a relationship with your uncle because in my head i can't see him being the no, nice sweet uncle no, for no. you to be crying over him like i think that. it's i think it's one of those things where it's like without this man his whole family's gonna fall and oh yeah he's just he like, was just he's not thinking on a like i gotta survive this shit level he's more like well what happens after this my family's gonna fall i'm not yeah. gonna have any because he's, know. like you said before, he's the last male yeah. of the Heiwan Cho clan. Yeah. So then, so then the crown prince, you know, recruits these officers. Then what happens after that? Somehow we're back in the fucking capital. <laughs> Time and space makes no sense in this trip. <laughs> there was a lot of points where I was just like, how did you get here in the amount of time that you got there? It doesn't make sense. Y'all don't have cars and y'all don't have planes. Unless y'all are teleporting, it doesn't make sense. So but at this point, we find out that three years ago, Lord Anne and Lord Cho. Well, Lord Anne discovered the resurrection plant, and this is when they were fighting Japan. So you know that little uh co- commemorate thing that said that you know, uh, we had five hundred soldiers, we beat th- thirty thousand Japanese soldiers. No, nah, that was bullshit. So what happened is, Lord Anne finds out about the resurrection plant and tells Lord no Lord Cho finds out about the resurrection resurrection plant tells Lord Anne we can just turn a bunch of peasants into these monsters and defeat the Japanese. When I learned about that, I was furious as fuck. I was so mad. I hate the rich so much. <laughs> I hate them so much. They killed Yongshin's entire village, including his brother, turned them into fucking zombies, and then sent them on Let the them Japanese. Let them loose on the Japanese base camp. 
It was a really cool scene to watch though because I think in the beginning of the episode they started the rewinding. Episode, yes. Yeah, it started was, off with them rewinding. That was, cool. that what was the the filming technique has evolved which makes the show even greater yeah because yeah. when i was watching it i was like this is cool as fuck yeah there was a lot of moments like that where i was like wow also like, the dude who was playing the japanese commander in his armor oh his armor just fuck yeah the <laughs> armor was like on some <laughs> other like shit bro this is Titan like or some shit i was like why is he so big <laughs> i don't know how to describe this armor there's a word for it that i just can't like remember it's right gregarious. now but it's, it's like, like it's like, like oh, there is literally I don't know. Just look at the. Just watch it. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's like very extravagant armor. Yeah. Yeah. It's like traditional tra- Japanese yeah, warrior samurai armor. armor. And so then, we're in the capital, and there is a whole crew of officials who are find these dead bodies of women washed up in the lake. And so we're kind of getting these hidden clues about the pregnant women in the house and how it's connected to the queen, and then. Because the queen finds out that there's officials looking into it, they decide they're going to move all of the dead bodies of these women in these plankins. And as they're running from the officials who are trying to catch them, the plankin falls to the ground and opens up. And there's just like four dead women tangled. And when I tell you, I was like, this woman could burn to death and it would not be a, a, a gruesome enough death. Like, when they showed you the babies and, like, the fetus, I was like, oh, my God, I hate this woman so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talking about babies. <laughs> the transition. Okay. When um the son was born and at the very last episode, the baby Solby was holding as they found, as the crown prince was walking, was like, this is, um this was supposed to be for me. And he's like, you need to walk out. And she brings a baby. Do you remember how they looked? The the difference between the baby then and then oh the baby. and all the hair it had the on the head it was it had a full small, head of hair it was an older baby <laughs> on top of that <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i understand there are complications with getting like children in shows like these yeah. but i was like okay <laughs> it was that was just wild and so then we get to we've we're in the palace uh lord Ch- first of all soapy saves lord cho which was wild as fuck she saves him she figures out that it's not the resurrection plant it's the eggs under the resurrection plant at least these worms get into the body when they finally d- explained all that i was like that makes sense there was a lot of theories on reddit too when season one came out about the zombies like how they formed and people were right like they they hit it right on the head but also i found out that this entire show is not based off a book it's based off a web comic it's based off a web comic but it can't be found anywhere all I, of a sudden i searched yeah it. i searched too oh, yesterday. oh netflix was like take that shit down They're take like, it down it. <laughs> people are like it. yeah it's literally difficult you cannot find this anywhere it's, like, it's suddenly gone yeah netflix was like ooh, nah yeah that's the whole plot right and so then oh my god and so she says lord cho lord cho decides he's gonna kill everybody everybody the people who helped him uh the five armies he's gonna kill everybody and so we're all we're, we're back to all this political shit right and so y- the show does a really good job of making you forget we are in the middle of a fucking zombie apocalypse the crown prince and his people break into the capital all that stuff we get to the you know he done took over uh <laughs> uh the queen kills our own father poisons him that yeah, was so what happens is like the magistrate Bon Paul convinces his uncle Lord Joe to let Solby be the physician for um the queen because somebody I forgot who no was it Youngshin who grabbed her when she was in yeah. the village and told yeah. her that she needs to get close to the queen yeah and yeah so the this scene was kind of funny to me but 
Solvi and Lord Joe go to the queen's like palace and he like forces her to check her, check the queen's pulse to see like, to basically verify if the baby was hers or not. Because I'm pretty sure when he was sick, he overheard um, Solby and... Talking about... Okay, yeah, so another yeah. thing. the When they were in Sangju, the magistrate was looking over all the stuff that was stolen and they were retrieving it. And I thought he, he was like getting like this present for Solby, but it's not. It's a herb that helps um, women who have had uh, miscarriages... Uh, with blood clots. With blood clots and things yeah. like that. And so she he shows the herb to Sobi and Sobi was like, What the fuck do you mean the queen is drinking this? She can't, she's pregnant. Yeah, and so like Lord Joe goes in and of course Sobi checks the queen's pulse. It's not high like it's supposed to be. It's considering she just had a baby. You're so right. it's not high. So that obviously means that she was not pregnant. Um, Lord Cho finds out he's angry. Uh, meanwhile, during all this, the queen is serving him tea very suspiciously. She's Ain't having, drank it. Yeah, and she's Ain't having flashbacks it. about her conversation her and her brother has. And the brother was like, what are you going to do if father finds out? And then... She's like, well, we shouldn't tell him. Yeah, we see Lord Cho get up, and he's like... <laughs> he's like angry with her. I forgot what he says, but he suddenly starts coughing, and I'm like, what? Did you just yeah. poison him? Because her having her even if this was like to get the crown her having a child her bringing a child that is not of Haewon Joe blood is against Lord Joe's entire character yeah so that that on top of her disobeying him was he was not yeah, having he was it and then he slowly her, walks away from the room and he just dies <laughs> he was insulting her the whole time right. like you childless dowager and I was like dang like that's your daughter but he didn't care and so he falls over coughs up blood and dies um, meanwhile the whole time he's dying she's sitting there with so, the, the teapot oh, in her yeah. hand just pouring just showing him yeah you know I didn't drink it but you did haha and then, then Sophie's sitting there in the corner cowering cause like she's like the fuck did I just watch she's like oh, I shouldn't have came here right. <laughs> and so then uh where the crown prince confronts the queen she's sitting on the throne holding the baby and if you ever watch historicals nobody's allowed to sit on that throne beside the king there's a separate throne for her to sit on and so she's sitting on this throne he's like it's over it's done with she's like it's not over it's not done with it we're like what the fuck are you talking about but a, f- a scene before this we find out that this woman has zombies locked up in the basement of the palace yeah and she, she locked Sobe in she locked, she locked Sobe in one of the empty cages that says study these zombies <laughs> if you study them i won't kill you you know she's like i want to become more powerful and so everybody everybody is on the conference side people who were working for lord the heywon joe clan all of those especially when the officials and the scholars find out that this child might not be the king's mm-hmm. everybody's on the conference side and so they're going to go get um the stamp that basically it's the signature the, the royal basi- seal the royal seal yeah. and all that stuff <laughs> and so what happens uh, the queen prince's head made the queen princess the queen's <laughs> the queen's head made goes and unlocks and lets the zombies out if y'all don't know how many people lived in palaces back there it was a shit thousands ton. of people thousands of people so all of a sudden we are now trapped in the goddamn palace with zombies and i'm just like i forgot that we were doing this shit here we, here we another go again. outbreak another outbreak <laughs> Like this is crazy as fuck, and so, ugh, this last the the end of episode five and the beginning of episode six are the most intense <laughs> intense like scenes in the world because, like the zombies, 
are just they're just everywhere everyone's turning into zombies and no one knows how to the fight them the queen turns into a zombie like she gets bitten too oh my favorite scene is Sophie when oh she when put she had the, the fire oh blanket oh my god yes I thought that was so cool so the zombies finally break into the palace room right the walls are basically made out of paper so of course they're <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so Sophie gets the baby who has been bitten by zombies she grabs the baby she kits one of the like the outer coats turn puts it ablaze puts it on herself and runs out of the crowd i was like that's my girl and so while we're doing this um the people the amount of people who know how to fight the zombies is like 15 the zombies are like a thousand (laughs) and so we're watching these gruesome ass deaths and then the prince so then they finally take a break they get somewhere the crown prince is like we have to figure this out now Sobi has already told the crown prince that the way to get the disease out of people before they turn it's fully water. is water. And of course, there's a fucking pond in this in the palace. So he's like, all right, we have to leave into the garden. And so now everybody's running on rooftops. This shit is so much stressful. It's, it's just so, so stressful. stressful. <laughs> it's so, so stressful. And then we finally get to the pond. That how you gonna go from stressful to stressful? We went from watching all the crumpets almost fucking died because he was by his damn self, and then we get to the pond, and then he almost dies again because it's just too many, and we're just like everybody's gonna die. Yeah, everybody like their their plan basically. They set the paladin no, it's the bodega. They set the bodega on fire to you know have light so they can see, and so their plan the pond is frozen over. Their plan is to like put cracks in the ice to get the zombies to fall through the ice and get like the worms out or whatever but like it's not working like the ice is so thick that they can't get through it the guns are too slow they have to keep on loading them and it takes a long time and so by the time that they even get halfway through their plan they're get they're overrun by zombies everybody gets bitten like every single person gets bitten and the crown prince manages to break through the ice by like this WWE <laughs> NFL quarterback, like linebacker type move, flipping this giant ass Jason Momoa sized zombie and having him crack the ice. But then they, everybody falls into the ice. Corey's and I'm telling you, bro, like literally they weren't moving. And I paused it. Cause I was like, maybe Soli was wrong. It's not the water. And I was so hurt. I was like, dang, they're going to kill everybody. And that's going to be it. And I like I for some reason I hadn't checked the time to see how far along an episode it was. So I thought it was in episode six, like with them just dying. And I was oh, like, okay. wow. And so like I paused it. I got up. I paced around my room. I got on YouTube for a second because I was just so depressed. I was like, I can't continue this. <laughs> and I kept thinking like maybe I should just finish the episode like another day. Like I just can't do this right now. But then I happened to watch it and everything was okay. So yeah, that was just that was that moment right there. I was like. Uh, I just kept saying I was like worms alright come out come out let's go let's move but they're and going to die but it, it wouldn't happen like the worms were not coming out they, well, the show is really good at hyping up suspense it's really good at making the person watching it just be like fuck 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 it's, it's so we get to this episode and then of course we just can't end it like this cause it just can't end with the crown prince taking the throne and being happy cause fuck that <laughs> and so they go back they start collecting they they pull somehow they pull out all of the bodies in that pond yeah that doesn't make sense to me but okay <laughs> they pull out all of the bodies there's this whole pile of these name tags of all the people that have died and i'm just like sad and so i'm like but where the fuck is Sobi and the baby because Sobi had you know she got out she hoarded herself into a room the baby had been bitten by zombies and so they find the baby and Sobi. 
she says the baby's not been affected. The crown prince is just like, well, there can't be two of us. My thing is, that he, this man knows that that is not the king's son. Yeah. That he knows that that's Muyong's child. And so, like, in that scene, when he says, he, like, one of us has to die, it shows him swinging the sword down, but then it cuts to something else. And I'm like, are you, why would you do this? Just show what happens. Like, you don't have to do it like this. Right. And so then we get a skip to the future. The crown prince is seven. He's just been crowned king. Um, the, the young kid, the, young yeah, kid, the, the, baby. the baby. So the baby. So he didn't yeah. kill the baby. The baby lived. At first, you're thinking like, well, maybe the crown prince took the throne, and this is his child getting to be. The That's crown what prince. I thought. Too. It was like, did he adopt him? But oh, then right. no, no. And so then they cut back to the past. It shows you that the crown prince is like, how can I take the throne when I've beheaded my father? So yeah, he, was he already reasons dead. with all the people because <laughs> the people were co- like the the other officials who lived were they came and found him mid conversation with Solby and were like okay it's time to make you king and he's like no I can't be the queen uh, the king like first of all they can't be two princes I get that and then he's like you know like I have all this blood on my hands I've done all these wrong things and you have this baby who has done nothing who would be the more like honorable prince and I'm in my head I'm like well <laughs> you though because you don't saved all these people so it's you and he and then he says like who does this country need more, me or the baby? And I'm like, you. <laughs> like, what, what kind of, what, these questions that these people be asking, I'm like, y'all it's, don't make it's, sense. It's a very different society then because, like, it's, when I tell you that it's sacrilegious to kill your own parents, like, all, a lot of fables in Korean folktales, it's parents killing their children because philopedity is the number one, like, one of yeah. the biggest things of Confucianism. And a lot of Asian cultures are yeah. like that. And so he's just like, I, I beheaded my father. I've killed my mother. I can't. He's like, I can't be king. And I was also, I just think he was John snowing it. It was like, fuck this shit. Yeah, he didn't want the power. He's like, I don't want this. Like, I thought about it. I considered it over these past months. I, I don't want to be king. Also, like, I really wish we had a timeline of how long it's been since yeah, the zombie apocalypse started. Too. And so then we cut to the scene. The crown prince is now king. He's got um the magistrate, Bumsu, Bum Il, Bung, whatever his name is, is by him. He's got like this whole, these people that helped seven years ago are now also officials. The, they're all officials. Also randomly, one of his uh distant ass relatives from an island out of nowhere. Yeah, that that's one part we didn't, because this is not a recap, but back in like episode four or five, the crown prince had went to like an island and found one of his distant relatives who was a royal and it was his uncle and now he's suddenly in the court yeah so so there's i guess he was doing that so there's at least somebody from the he family and wait a minute isn't <laughs> the guy the uncle from the court isn't he the king from um 100 days my prince yes yeah I, I, I like and i was looking at him I'm like you look mad familiar yeah that's the actor said cameos yeah this yeah see episode six was filled with cameos of like hella famous people i i don't know who these people are but i just knew they were famous if you watch korean it. dramas there's gonna be little people you Cameos don't recognize left and right i'm pretty sure there was this one scene of these two villagers like they it was like really random they were like hiking and they had all their stuff in their back like oh yeah everybody's gonna die and i'm like this has to be a cameo like what was the point of this scene i don't think that i don't I remember feel like it was, don't though, recognize those like, yeah, actors at I all i well, think it was just a moment yeah like comic comedic relief or yeah. something. kind of yeah but yeah and so then we f- realize that Young Shin is still alive. Young Shin comes to talk to the magistrate and be like, hey, 
yo, so this is What's a book Sobe yeah, so wrote down all the shit notes. she's learning. So we basically, you know, get c- confirmation about what the disease is. So, but yeah. there is still some suspicious shit going on because the flower was just not at the Frozen Valley. It's all over the goddamn we country. We also learned during this time that the crown prince did not kill himself. Oh, thank God. He decided to just exile himself and leave. Thank God. Because I really thought he killed himself yeah, for a second. Though in the history books, it's known that he's dead. He died. The queen died. The king died all from a yeah, mysterious Yeah, because he plague. had history rewritten and apparently like the only people allowed to read well nobody's allowed to read the previous history of the previous yeah so there's sometimes yeah. there's points in history where um the government will not allow yeah the to government the royal people are decide nobody needs to know what happened here yeah and so then we find out that Sobi and the crown prince and Youngshin are like tag teaming it all around the country to figure out where the fuck this flower came from. How did it get here? They find out that somebody's been selling the flower uh, to peasants and shit. And, and so teaching them how to revive people. And teaching them how to revive people, which is fucking wild. And so this is basically probably a, se- a teaser for season three. They get to this little really spooky. Really, really creepy. Village. And then there's zombies there and so then it just it cuts with a cameo of uh, Jun Ji-hyun if you know who she is from My Love from Another Star and so that's basically it it's just like it just ends again and we're just like we're probably gonna have to wait another year and a half before we get season three but yeah I really enjoyed this season I don't think it could stand on its own just because you have to watch season one to get what season two is yeah I do think season two has definitely more gore season two definitely has more action it's very much more fast-paced I think that season one was and so I recommend it. It's great. Like the writing didn't deteriorate. The acting didn't deteriorate. I didn't feel like we were watching unnecessary scenes. No. There was no filler. It was just like if they do another season where we expand on this world, I think it'd be cool. Especially since we have a new kind of patient zero in the pr- the king, the yeah. crown prince. Because even though Sobi detoxified him of all the worms, there's a close-up of his face before we end this, and there's actual worms still living in him. Yeah, but the crown prince, the baby prince, he was sleeping, and it shows, like, one of his court people watching him sleep, and, like, a worm was, like, crawling towards his brain. But the thing is that he's not acting like a zombie. Yeah. So yeah. that is weird as fuck. That was really weird as fuck. I really enjoyed it. What about you guys? it was really good when i finished it I, I was just really happy it was less it was only six episodes oh, if it was more God. i would have been <laughs> yeah hurt it was so like uh, i think season two was better than season one to be honest like it season yeah. one was good it was really good but this season was just like wow like like after i watched it i had the urge to watch more korean dramas like honestly because i was like oh i need to watch something else after this like i'm like on this hype train like <laughs> i saw like itaewon prince but that's not what the vibe i'm looking for i'm looking for something like this but itaewon prince yeah, that has um, s- what is his name? Itaewon Prince or Itaewon class? class? No, wait, is it class? Class with is the one. Park with- Sojun. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's class. Class. class, class, w- class. We were both like Itaewon Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was something else that had a prince in it that I was looking at too, but I saw that. But I'm looking for something that has a lot of action in. I have to see. Oh, you just need to watch historicals or watch OCN dramas. One yeah, that is true. Because <laughs> most of the dramas I have watched, even though it's not that many, is always been like OCN. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yes, that's yes, where yes. it is. That's yeah. where it is. <laughs> All right, so we thank you guys for watching today. Uh, uh, we will, this episode is hella late, but it's still going to be up. Um, if you liked our podcast, please like and share and follow us. We really do appreciate it. We're going to do more of this and we'll also, um, within the next few weeks, be on like a regular schedule. Yeah. So look forward to that. We're going to do recaps, but not just, you know, K-dramas and stuff. A lot of stuff. Korean movies, regular movies, yes, Netflix books. stuff. I want to do books too. 
I'm really I'm it's it's an excuse for me to reread Percy Jackson. But yeah, we're thinking about doing all that stuff. And we also like do a lot of stuff on our Twitter account. So follow us there at commented, C-O-M-M-N-T-D, commented on Twitter. Uh, we're always on there. We're probably, me and, uh, well, <laughs> Marin agreed to watch this scary movie with me. I'm pretty sure we're going to. Oh, lie. the one you sent the chat. Yes. I was like, I, I had enough of Korean <laughs> scary films. Korean, let me say right now, Asian horror is on another level compared to American horror. One day we're going to all have to sit here and watch a Japanese horror movie. That's oh, going to no. be fun. No, I don't want that. <laughs> no, you I want that. I want to do that though cuz that's something I just I want to see it just to see it, but like okay. one. I just want to see one. That's okay. it. Okay. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do a live podcast where we'll just like watch something and record ourselves. But Marion and I are going to watch this movie. We're also deciding that um after we do a recap of this one series on Showtime, we decided we're going to recap Airs. So we're going to watch oh, that. My God. <laughs> i'm making her watch this with me during spring break so make sure you follow us on twitter um and yeah we'll see you guys in the next one i'm tori i'm marin decoria and um mia she's not here though we love you she's sick but she'll be back (laughs) yeah she will all right bye-bye